When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 5, Episode 8, Returnal Friendshine of the Spotless Mort. Here's Aaron with the recap. The Smith family goes on a cruise, freeing Rick up to do some things around the house. For example, resurrecting his best friend, Bird Person, via some extremely high-stakes Inception-style memory heists that happen to hit a rich vein of deep show lore to mine. All right, Aaron, what do you think of this episode? I thought this episode was amazing. Um, it's not the funniest episode, although it had some things mm-hmm. that really made me laugh hard, like the smash cut from the Inception bullshit to, you know, Rick and Bird Person on the table foaming at the mouth and, and twitching <laughs> and, and the garage computer getting increasingly worried about the situation. I thought that stuff was really funny, but I think what a lot of frustrated Rick and Morty fans have been waiting is to get to the quote-unquote good stuff. The yeah the continuity episodes like X-Files before it Rick and Morty is starting to feel like you know the monster of the week shit's just not cutting it if the cigarette smoking man doesn't show up in the form of <laughs> evil Mo- Morty or Space Beth or you know Phoenix person it's a fucking bullshit episode and I, I have some sympathy for that but like I guess if you were that type of person this thing seemed to hit like that the scratch that itch like you finally got it um yeah so i i, I thought it was a is a great episode um it doesn't surprise me like there's almost universal praise for this uh everywhere i've gone on the rick and morty fandom and i was also did some some like little bit of research and it seems like the canon episodes are universally the most popular in terms of IMDb rating, in terms of ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff that advanced the plot is clearly what brings all the boys and girls to the yard. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great episode. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I like the episode too. I will say uh, I agree with you that it was not the funniest. Um, it was certainly funnier than last week for me uh, with the Gotron stuff, but uh, I guess... You know, I'm looking for the chocolate and the peanut butter. I want the comedy um, and I want the the continuity when we get it. Um, and in this episode, like they brought the continuity, but I wasn't laughing as much as I had in previous episodes. And that's fine. Um, there were a few laughs, like you said. I, I think like some of the stuff they did with uh, just the mind, you know, the idea that they're in the mind of bird person and uh you know, he remembers Rick in a certain way and that gives him the technology, but not, you know, the results of the technology. It was kind of funny, especially on the second time through. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's funnier um, now that I know what's coming. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. In general, I like this episode. I think we found 
so we might have found out some new things about the characters. It's tough to say because we're all inside bird person or Phoenix person's mind, right? I'm glad you said that because I was wondering what because these appear on the surface to be some heavy, heavy canon revelations about Rick. Right. But I think what you just said is the wiggle room for I don't think they can walk all this back because some of it reinforces other like, you know, starting to put together a piece of like consistent lore. Mm -hmm. But like that, well, that was bird bird person's fragmented memories that the Federation had fucked with and that was, you know, is his best friend Rick the same Rick that he even met at the festival? Like, it's like there's there's a lot of wiggle room there for sure. Oh, yeah, tons. And so anything, yeah, that they brought up, and and I recognized that immediately. I was like, oh, boy, but they're really leaving a lot of space for them to get out of whatever they do in this episode. But also, I don't know. Is that what you want to do as a creator of a show? Do you want to? Yeah, I know they've done it before, right? There was the, the I don't know, the sit down with John Hamm uh, diner episode where they had a whole bunch of backstory <laughs> about Nathan Beth. Fillion, but sure. Or, yeah, sorry. Nathan <laughs> Fillion uh, diner episode. Um, it, and, you know, they left that door like wide open to the point where Rick says, yeah, none of that shit was real. Um, well, I, I but who like knows? That that's. Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to have a whole, I'm sure, discussion about the canon implications. Maybe we should get to that right away. But I just also want to ponder, is John Hamm the poor man's version of Nathan Fillion or is Nathan Fillion the poor man's version of John <laughs> Hamm? Because now that you've made it, the, con- the comparison is unmistakable. Sure. Uh, I, I feel like John Hamm, it, it, Nathan Fillion was doing it before John Hamm, so it's got to be John Hamm is the but, poor but man's Nathan Fillion. But they're both the like, insanely charismatic mm-hmm. leads of essentially one iconic role mm-hmm. and have kind of been culturally coasting on that. Like, I mean, it's not that they neither one of those guys have done work, even good work, that you could cite like, oh, well, Fillion did that one, uh, you know, sing-along blog, and he was in Destiny 2, and mm-hmm. John Hamm was in, he was pretty good in Baby Driver, wasn't he? Uh, but yeah, huh? <laughs> I, I didn't even anyway. mean to bring that up, but right. <laughs> Would you, I'm on vacation. I'm having like I, I this is this uh this I'm literally on vacation. I'm 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 in Pennsylvania at a lake recording this thing, and uh, I'm 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 having a good time. So, um, yeah. hope hopefully you'll forgive the divergence. Um, before we get to the actual, I I want to stay on kind of like the the meta topic. Um you know, kind of show notesy about the actual show notes. Did you hear that there's not going to be a Rick and Morty next week? Oh, no, I didn't. Instead, they're airing the final two episodes back to back as a solid hour of Rick and Morty as a giant size season finale. Uh, apparently, it's not just a week. It's going to be like a month, September 5th. Um, oh, shit. You're right. You're yeah, right. That is. It's according to. A promo that was released by Adult Swim. Um, I, I don't know. I saw it on their YouTube channel. But yeah, the the season five finale is going to be September fifth, uh, Sunday, September fifth at at eleven p.m. Eastern. But it is going to be the the final two episodes. It is. Um, I wonder if they because this is very. I mean, this is very common that like you they'll start airing a season of content before the season is finished production. 
Yeah. Like, in fact, some things like captioning of the episode and even scoring the episode in some cases for hyper. I, we interviewed the uh, composer for like uh, Breaking Bad a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he said that like sometimes he gets the final episode like a week before it airs and he has to score it. Yeah. I wonder if the animation got ahead of them and they just m- messed up the like the, the, the how long it take him to to finish the the finishing touches or if they maybe did some more voice work that had to do like what what do you think's going on here and then they said well sorry rick and morty uh perhaps our most popular show on adult swim we don't have a spot for you for another month so you're gonna have to get in line i mean it's no, sure it's more like, of just like it's gonna take him that long to finish it i guess I, that seems like a that seems like a big stretch to me I, I don't know why uh, animating something would take a month or, or how you get like so out of sorts with your production schedule that you need a full month after the last episode aired to get something done. It seems crazy to me that that would happen, but it, seems, I, it also seems yeah. crazy to delay this for no real reason. So there's got to be a reason behind it. Um, it's not, it's That's not a marketing thing, it, right? Yeah. Cause this seems ass backwards if you're trying to market this show i mean the only thing i can think like if 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 i just say okay if i'm going to reject the production problem ish issue that either something came up the where they were uncomfortable politically dealing with something they had to cut it or like uh dan and justin had a real brainstorm as far as canon and they wanted to reshoot something or they Mm -hmm. just you know like the animation wasn't quite up to snuff and they had to finish it or just took longer I, I don't know, but if I take it like if that can't be the case, then the only thing I can think of is like if, a, if if Adult Swim is looking at these ratings and looking at people being unhappy and they know they have like a banger three episode arc, what if they drop the first one that they thought would make, you know, it's like, well, we'll get the canon heavy one out there and then we'll take a month off to let the buzz build back up, right? And it'll almost be like, you know, then we have build it into this big event and kind of, but that seems pretty like... <laughs> I don't know. Does does Turner does Turner Broadcasting think that like essentially Rick and Morty is a flop? Season five is a flop just because a couple of loud people on the internet are saying that. Like I I don't know what it. It seems crazy. Yeah, but yeah. You're they'll, right. they'll listen to the numbers. I mean, you know, if it's a flop, they'll know it uh, based on viewership. They won't. They won't give a shit what you know people are saying on some minor subreddit, right? I wouldn't think so. But on the other hand, I could also see like. Yeah, because we always talked about how, like in The Walking Dead, how they would do something and it pisses off the fans, but they continue to talk about it and deal with it on the show as if that's, you know, like that's not the case. Everybody's love. It'd be mm-hmm. kind of refreshing for a company to course correct for that. It's like, ah, something's not working. So let's try to do something to boot and rally the season. But yeah. it also seems insane to be like uh, CEOs like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Push it off a month. Let's build some enthusiasm. Yeah, you know, it's like what? And they, I mean, Rick and Morty has, in my opinion, fucked this up many times. Uh, waits between seasons have been extremely long. There's been sure strange delays, like mid-season, if I recall. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know why this show. Almost uniquely, like I'm trying to think of other shows that have had this many scheduling problems. Hiccups. Yeah, and I, I, they're few and far between. This show seems well, to have them all the time. I mean, not to put a fine point on it, 
But Dan's other production, Community, was beset by all kinds of problems behind the scene. Mm -hmm. And one of the recurring gags on his podcast was he was always writing like months behind writing a script for a movie he had to do or months behind turning in a draft for a treatment of something, blah, blah, blah. So, like, it could be that just he's kind of messy. This whole, like, when I think of um, Justin Roiland, Dan Harmon, Rob Schraub, uh, I do not think, boy, <laughs> just meat and potatoes, workmanlike, right? Steady efficiency, set your clock to it, like bastions I think, of reliability. I think, I think, frantic creativity and mm-hmm. intense shame and self-loathing, <laughs> and you know, procrastination. Sure, yeah, that's not a well-oiled machine. But it does give you Rick and Morty. And it's why I identify with them somewhat, right? Like, I have a lot of those same problems. So, yeah, it's... I don't know, man. Delaying it a month, I'm not sure if it's going to build hype or just kill it. But that's what they're going to do. I mean, it seems like it's a big shot in the arm to community. Like, this, these were, like, you know, like, the threads and the forums and stuff are hopping. Like, people are really, you know, they got fresh fresh lore to speculate about, so... Yeah, um, but what if they don't deliver? I heard... How yeah. can how can well, you deliver on the expectations of like taking a month off? Um, people are going to be building this up as like, oh, they must be working on something enormous, right? This must be, oh, of course, the biggest Rick and Morty of all time. Morty, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna get that story lord conclusion with the dark version of Mister Poopy Butthole and marching with the <laughs> army of evil Rick's bad is back with like, yeah, I, I don't I don't know because. I, I guess we should get into we should do you, do you want to talk about the episode in general or do you want to get to the canon implications up front because I feel like that's the juicy stuff that people want to talk about and just us talking about our favorite moments of the episode maybe not as much uh, yeah let's get into it but let's do a quick break first discover why critics are calling kingdom of the planet of the apes the best film of the franchise what a wonderful day it's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, I want to talk canon implications of this because you, you hit on something else about you know the previous uh this is the season three finale because like the or season three premiere mm-hmm. i think a lot of the core material comes out of the season two finale which was the wedding squatchers i yeah. can't believe that was back in season two right um and then going on to season three when they're in the in in the uh in the diner with it turns out the poor man's version of don draper as we just established uh he says that that lore about him being kind of a, a simple Rick, essentially, 
that loves his wife and daughter and doesn't want to gallivant around uh, dimensions because he's got already got the most important job anyone can have a father and the other Ricks being kind of jealous and resentful or whatever the fuck they, they are sabotage like their job is to get the Ricks back onto the, the interdimensional Rick plot kill his wife and child he mentions that's a fake memory which allowed him to take control over it and hijack and you know you guys have seen a fucking episode mm-hmm but this episode seems to indicate that Birdman's own memories and Rick himself think a version of that that's very close to the fake memory is true. Did you agree or disagree with that analysis? No, I agree with that. Um, I, I, I don't think it's like actual confirmation because who knows, this could be just a story that Rick uses when he's trying to deflect emotionally um, and people ask about it, but and, and and you know maybe that's what he told bird person right but it certainly adds fuel to that fire yeah and when he said but when he's having conversations of a memory version of himself with himself and there's no one like it's this isn't performative for bird person bird person's consciousness is in another zone mm-hmm. um although i guess like if i'm really putting my devious showrunner hat on i could be like oh it's always a performance because this is all in bird person subconscious and rick knew that and but like it's starting yeah. to get pretty strained. I'm I'm more of starting to get to like the fake part of the memory was Beth had pigtails actually and not a ponytail when she got exploded <laughs> by a bomb, right? Uh-huh. Like because like any anything that you intentionally fabulize would make the memory fake and I guess let you hijack a, a Nathan Fillion brain in mm-hmm. a bug body. I, so. I, but I, I just feel like that's the thing is like, yeah, you're right. They got a little bit of wiggle room on some of this stuff because it is all memories and there's there's trauma. There is intentional cyber fuckery, uh, mental fuckery by the Federation. But like the more these things start to reinforce with each other, the more people will be frankly outraged with like, <laughs> oh, it's just a Birdman memory. None of that shit can be relied upon. And this whole show is built on that that idea right like that that tension it, yeah the tension between like what's real and what isn't or or like what happened in this version of rick's universe or dimension and what happened in uh, different versions right because there are infinite number of ricks out there it, it's it's there's always wiggle room yeah and I guess that's the that it's almost like a meta commentary on the show because like you know rick is quick to say nothing and none of this matters there's a version of a battlefield where we won a version where we lost a version Mm -hmm. where the battle never even happened there's a version of rick that stayed a version of rick that left a version of rick that came back and murdered himself to make sure that he you know what i mean that went on the vengeance fuel like it's weird but i think that's also why rick and morty is very cool because it's one of the few shows that really grapple with what the fuck the multi multiverse means and a in a serious kind of like not just like well the you know the heroes are going to figure it out and 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 solve it in the in the you know two and a half hour movie or whatever but like really like lives with it in a sitcom kind of way Mm -hmm. yeah um it it also you know it it uh, allows them to tell stories in different ways too and men make different things more significant because i do think there's significance to this even though we're in one particular dimension inside one particular bird person's brain. I don't even know if this is the same bird person necessarily that he met at, uh, you know, Birdapalooza, Flargabarg yeah, or whatever. Is this, 
is this C-137 bird person that C-137 Rick's best friend or is this? Yeah, right. Who knows? But ultimately, like, that's the nature of the storytelling in this show. And I think you have to look at things like this as being significant, even if there is wiggle room, because the show is choosing to tell you these things. Right. And unless it goes and directly subverts it, I think we have to kind of take it as canon. I agree. Um, I want so I want to run. Maybe if you if you've thought about it, because I've thought about this a lot. I've done a lot of reading, and I've got a couple of like big picture canon ideas to run past. Do you have any? Oh, okay. or do you just want me to propound you with them? Okay. Uh, yeah, hit me. Is it possible that there are essentially two Rick factions, the Abandoners and the Reclaimers? So like. The Abandoners are the Ricks that invent the portal gun and re- and realize that everything is stupid and subjective and there's no reason to care about your family at all. And they essentially turn into nihilists and they are opposed by the Ricks that rejected all that shit. Mm-hmm. And they had some kind of like MCU civil war and the Reclaimers have essentially eradicated the nihilist Ricks. Uh, are you fall? <laughs> I feel like I'm an insane person saying this, but like, what, and and so like you've got this phenomenon where uh, all the Ricks that abandoned their family have left their family behind, and all the Ricks that wanted to keep their family had their family murdered by those other Ricks. So now this adds a lot of angst to the show, right? Because our Rick is one of those who wanted to keep his family. His family is murdered. And he's adopted the a family of a Rick who abandoned them. Mm-hmm. So he has to put up with this baggage of his family thinking that he abandoned them. <laughs> Interesting. It, it, yeah, he's like you're unfairly starting... persecuted by his own family for the shit that he didn't do. It could be. It could be. I that would be an interesting direction to take this certainly and in like the infinite number of Rick sort of way starting like a Rick civil war uh, based on the lines of like who Rick is um, not about like oh you know some external thing happened it's like no the Ricks reacted in different ways to different events um, and now they're trying to sort of enforce their will on all of the timelines or all of the u- universes yeah, or they had to. Kind of like this reminds me. I mean, this is this is the cool thing about the explosion of sci-fi fantasy is everything starts to adapt from everything else because this is starting to feel very. You know, I don't want to get into spoilers for the last season of Loki, but Marvel Phase Four seems to be very much into multiverses and like the idea of a multiversal timeline where like you like the ninety nine percent of the people that invented the time travel technology might be good, basically decent people. But that mm-hmm. 1% are fuckers and they're like, will take over and destroy everything. Mm-hmm. So the good ones have to destroy them. It's kind of like the paradox of intolerance. I, I, I wonder if they're playing yeah. with something like that here. Could um, be. Which explains why, like, there's a universality of these Rick experiences because you're, you know, that, that finite curve, maybe that finite curve is the Ricks that have been allowed to exist by the council of ricks or whatever i don't know right um, yeah I don't, I don't know man it it would be a cool way to go and i think like if that's what they're doing then they're taking their sweet time evolving it and i kind of like that well they got their time right like why <laughs> bust their ass of trying time. to jerk yeah plus it's like i 
I also could see them like having a Google Doc of like when they're farting around at the table. Like if someone has a solid idea for like, you know, like for example, it's always kind of stuck in my craw why they hang around with with gear person uh, because he's such a shit and he betrayed Rick in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But the reveal that like, you know, oh, that's actually gear dude who was a cool, badass freedom fighter. That was a kid brother that like Rick and bird person kind of kicked around with that a sense of obligation and duty and whatnot. Yeah. Like that's fun. But like, do they like when they come at a table, like, okay, that's a great idea. Write it in the, the lore document. And when they get enough, like when they get like five pages of solid shit like that, they're like, all right, Hey, we got five pages in this here. Google doc. It's time to shit out a lore episode. (laughs) Um, because because here's the thing I don't did you see any of the um, some of the commentary I, I I guess that after the season two finale one of these fans uber fans of Rick and Morty painted this like it looks like a magic the gathering kind of like piece of artwork of like this blood ridge or blood gulch or whatever blood valley whatever the serenity valley pastiches right um and it's like photorealistic a bird person cradling a dead bird person uh, Rick with his hand on bird person's shoulder, super squanchy in the background, looking forlorn, stacks of dead bodies all around. And Dan in the last year's virtual comic con, among other things said that he bought a print of that hmm. and he put it above his mantle as a reminder of how fucking serious people take this fucking cannon and as a ways that he would never forget to reward that seriousness, which is, why I think that like all this talk about you know Dan not caring and just not caring just cash out I don't know that that's really true mm-hmm. I just think it's like they care so much that they're only going to do it when they know they have something cool to say is it possible that Beth is inevitably murdered his family if if if, if Rick stays he's always murdered by some renegade Rick mm-hmm. and if Rick leaves, then Beth survives into adulthood to make Morty and Summer and all that stuff, but Rick has to then be the abandoner. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where like, uh, the waveform sometimes collapses into a certainty like if, if there, like there's infinite diversion of what happens, but there's like these some decisions that are like pivotal. Is that something that they're trying to hint at? Maybe? I Hmm. Yeah, I guess how, they, how like sci-fi, how how yeah, how sci-fi they're going to take the canon of this, you know? Because the other thing is like I was the other thing about the implication of like you know maybe Rick's taken on his guilt and baggage from evil Rick's that he but he you know what else is he going to do? Sit and try to come back to Beth and say hey I need to explain the multiverse and all that stuff. Um, he has she has definite memories of like a sci-fi Rick raising her like mm-hmm. you remember the, the Froopy Loop Land episode yeah, uh, yeah. the ABCs of, of Beth um, like either Beth survives much older in some timelines before he abandons her or this is a timeline from a different Rick that like I mean who 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 is that Beth that he has raised I don't, I don't know like obviously this isn't his Beth it's not his Morty um, in his timeline, there was never a Morty. I just thought that was another thing that I was kind of like, how do we know which of Beth memories are real versus which ones are from a different Rick? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess how how much do they lean into the concept of the infinite here? Because there should be a various 
you know, uh, states of Beth in infinite supply, right? So there will be ones where Rick abandoned her when she was two and ones where he abandoned her when she was 15 and ones where she, he never did. So right, is, is that something they're playing with at the same time or are they trying to do something more concrete? I don't know. Okay, there's there's one other uh, grand unified Rick theory, the Gur theory uh, that, that I want that I want to bring in, and that's the topic of Diane, which is Rick's lover, wife, girlfriend, something. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible, or is it a cool idea that even in a multiverse, there are some things that just are inevitable to happen? Like there isn't like an infinite version of this particular event. For example. Mm-hmm. Like Diane's death or abandoning Rick or whatever the hell she did is so seemingly universal in this finite curve we've been talking about that we've never seen a Diane variant. We've never seen a, a Beth that still has a mom in her life. We've never seen, uh, you know, some space Diane come back to get vengeance on Rick. We've never even seen any Rick's hint that that's something that they contend with. Mm-hmm. Like, is it possible that even in the multiverse, something like inevitably goes wrong with 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 Diane? Like that is a, something that all Ricks converge into a singularity. Is that a cool idea, or am I? Dumb? I mean, it, it could be certainly. I, I like time travel stuff is one of my favorite genres, and they'll play with that a lot, right? That there's one certain thing that happens in the timeline that cannot be changed. Uh, and that is kind of the nexus of all of the the different branches of the timeline and things like that. I I think those ideas can be cool. I don't know what the Pickle Rick audience thinks of those ideas. But yeah. I, we, well, we can find out. Like, yeah, like, like um, they've always poo-pooed time travel on Rick and Morty. Uh, like even Rick, yeah. Rick himself like has a dim view of it. And I think they illustrated that with that snake time traveling mm-hmm. episode to where like Rick could probably travel through time but like he knows that it would instantly turn it, it's kind of like uh, the reason we don't have nuclear wars today is because everyone knows the it's 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 a too terrible of a possibility to contemplate like it's something that like Rick's are respectful enough that they know like well if one of us starts doing the time fuckery we all will mm-hmm. which means we all lose inevitably forever so it's kind of like a mad, a mutual assured destruction thing. Yeah, it's like a macrocosm of the the decoys episode, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. On a grander scale, except for their full fidelity ricks going at it, hammer and thong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know, like it's, it, oh man, it'd also be interesting to see if like, if they ever do like uh, a Rick Civil War to where Rick annihilate, like they could go really dark where Rick decides it's not enough that we've eliminated like the nihilist tricks like if we're going to go down that you know personal pet cannon but like I I need to to preserve my family I need to eliminate all Ricks but me and all Ricks simultaneously get that thought (laughs) and then only the Rickest Rick emerges victorious from that Uh, tournament of Ricks kind of thing yeah (laughs) yes exactly exactly Um, yeah I I don't know where they're going to go with that the, the last big canon implication I thought of was we saw in, this goes back to season one lore, um, the episode uh, Close Rick Counters of the Rick Kind, 
mm-hmm. where they first established the Citadel of Ricks, and he was brought up because there was one Rick that was trying to eliminate Ricks from the timeline and harness all, uh, harness all their Mortys, harvest and harness all their Mortys, right? Mm-hmm. And the big reveal at the end of that was there was this evil Morty who's the Mortiest of all Mortys. Um, so just to, just to ground this, um, one of the things that the evil Rick that was in the thrall of the evil Morty was doing was going through Rick's memories. And one of the memories he extracted was Rick kind of holding baby Morty. What is like if, if, if Rick abandoned Beth when she was a child, Mm -hmm. how is that possible? Just like using his portal gun to come in and like visit him. Um, (laughs) was this baby, the Rick's actual baby Morty, uh, was he the one that is, is he going to end up being the, like the, the actual evil Morty variant? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of like, is, was that like, that's gotta be a real memory. So when Mm -hmm. did Rick, is that when Rick decided to come back in their life? I, I'm trying to get like hints about the timeline just from the stuff that we now know from this episode. I don't know. Yeah, man. I, I feel like, I don't know. Do they have an idea of where this is all going? Are are they intentionally guiding this or are they, planting seeds that they'll come back to later and figure out. It feels very gardenery kind of, it really know, does like yeah. an architect. It feels like they're allowing things to sprout. They're pruning things mm-hmm. with escape clauses. Like, well, it's all just a memory or it was all something that Rick was saying to an alien to get an upper hand. Right. And, but they are still though building, you know, these are starting to fall in place. And I think there's some pieces of canon that they can't get away with retconning at this point. But they could twist and subvert it. Like, for sure. We know the evil Morty is not our Morty, but it mm-hmm. could be because we see Morty getting more and more violent and more and more, you know, I guess he's still maintaining his core goodness of Morty. But, like, what yeah. if, like, our Morty kills evil Morty and it's not <laughs> a victory? It's like, you know, he just becomes an even worse version of evil Morty. Sure. Um, he becomes like the loose Skywalker if he had killed Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I could see something like that happening. I just don't, I'm not sure that that's where they're pushing the show or if they're pushing the show in a direction at all. I think like the thing you said about them sort of leaving outs and clauses for themselves to wiggle out of that stuff is right. I, I think with as much time as they have ahead of them, planning that kind of stuff would be folly just because in five years or whatever it takes to get through the rest of the series, they could have some better ideas, right? That Google document you're talking about could fill up with Uh, some shit that's way better than anything they came up with a year ago. And why are they going to like pigeonhole themselves into one particular plot or one particular uh, avenue for the story to go? If they have all of this time, this guaranteed time left. Right. Yeah, I wonder if they feel like if they and, and at what point do you start locking shit down and start heading towards an end game? Right. Because right. like at one hand, they have all the time in the world. They have, you know, as much show laying ahead of them as they do behind them. Mm-hmm. But every year that's going to be less and less the case. And it's going to be more and more of this lore is going to be kind of start to crystallize and fans and there's going to be expectations. And yeah, I mean, it's a it's an interesting creative problem. 
because they have so much runway, but it's not infinite. And if you don't manage it well, no. your garden can get, you know, look at what happened to fucking Martin. <laughs> he got 70% of the way through his magnum opus and then, ah, oh, shit, you know. Uh, How was Community on this? Did Community have like some grand thesis that it was going for at the end or was it more of an episodic uh, or, or, you know, was it more a, of a like week by week sort of? Thing. No, it definitely had like long arcs about, you know, how characters felt about each other and how, why characters are still at the school and what they're trying to achieve and the friendships mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But it was like, it's so weird because like Dan got fired for a season. Right. And then it got brought back and it got canceled and then it went on hiatus and then Yahoo of all places bought it up and, um, like how like how fans feel about the Yahoo seasons. It, it, it's it's tough to say. Like it feels like what happened in communities. It kind of whimpered out. Gotcha. Um, so, but that's always the danger of these uh, like procedurally driven shows that have a little bit of lore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't usually. It's not like Dan. It's not like uh, you know, like like uh, Vince Gilligan famously had. Uh, I want to go take a, a high school chemistry teacher from Mr. Chips to Scarface. Yep. Uh, Dan and Justin did not approach this project in that way. <laughs> it's more of a Chris Carter X-Files. You know, Mulder's got this thing where yeah. his sisters got abducted and Scully's the skeptic. And that's just going to be the the engine that drives this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's engine versus destination. I, I don't know. But like. I just know that Dan, I don't think Dan wants to fuck it up. And I, I throw in that quote from the comic con about him respecting the audience's passion as evidence that like he might fail, but I don't think it's going to be because he got too rich and famous to give a shit about his professional creative reputation. Gotcha. I mean, you can count also, on his ego if nothing else, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, and me as an audience member, personally, I'm not looking for, some grand thesis. I'm not looking for like this to all be perfectly tied into a neat little bow at the end. I'm just enjoying the show for what it is week by week. I I don't, I don't need it to be anything specific other than funny and Rick and Morty, right? Like I, I know the vibe that Rick and Morty brings and I want the show to be that. But beyond that, as long as it's funny, uh, I'm in. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like, I, I, I was trying to think about like, uh, how much I buy into the narrative that like Rick and Morty is as bad this year and how much of it is like the show still trying to find itself and find the mix between the can because like I'm thinking Simpsons like I know like widely the people widely consider like the first 10 years the Simpsons golden age or whatever but like mm-hmm. the first two seasons were really pretty uneven <laughs> and don't feel Simpsony in yeah. retrospect and where like Rick and Morty had just like this run of success and now like maybe they're having some of the growing pains in these later seasons as they're trying but also Simpsons never tried to inject canon like some you know shit happened that kind of accumulated they'd use it for gags and shit but like yeah you know Bart never is going to fucking shave Homer's never going to like you know pull his head out of his ass. Marge is never going to leave him. There's like that. Whereas in, in Rick and Morty, even though there's a little bit of that with like Rick or uh, Morty and summer, it does mm-hmm. feel like big things are happening and changing. Yeah. And that's true. That's another weird friction that the show is going to have to resolve is like, how do you keep up the eternal family facade of the Simpsons while mm-hmm. really having like growth? And I guess I always thought that the, 
the interdimensional stuff would add that stuff. But now I'm like, I don't know. I think I, maybe they'll, <laughs> they'll try to like tackle it head on. Yeah, they might go for something bigger. And it, it, it's not just even the the character drift, right? What, what do we call the flanderization of characters? Right. Um, it, because that does happen also in shows like this, but they're intentionally doing things. They're, they're emotionally flanderizing these characters, right? Where their yeah. their backstories are being filled out we're learning more about their mental states in any given moment we don't you don't give a shit what's going on in homer simpson's head right nobody cares yeah but yeah. you do give a shit what's going on in rick's head in this show because uh, that's kind of if there's any like overarching sort of plot it's like how what kind of person is rick i guess um yeah. you know and can he change can he grow and improve and become a better Rick. And I think that's like the major thing I look for when I'm, when I'm thinking about Canon is not necessarily like, Oh, this plot point connects to that plot point. And, uh-huh. and that's, that stuff does exist, but it's more like, what is the emotional arc of these characters? And yeah. you know, that, that is something that I definitely believe that the writing team is considering when they're writing these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that, you know, yeah. that's all part of the, the fucking, the emotional story circle, I guess. Yeah. And there's the, you know, cause like I could see people like listening to this in a vacuum and be like, well, you guys like always bitch about like these character treadmills on the walking dead where a character is like this way. And then they go back to be that way. And they go back. <laughs> it's kind of like, and like, how's that different than Rick being like, nothing matters versus what matters is you versus like, and I'm like, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like the more you learn about yourself, the more you understand yourself at a deeper level. Like mm-hmm. you might start off like in your twenties, like I hate my dad. And then, you know, in your thirties, you realize I am my dad. And mm-hmm. then your forties realize I know why my dad is white. The way he is, I understand the ways I outgrew him. And I like, you, you, it's not like the version before was a lie or a flip flop. It's yeah. just you get a lot more perspective and, uh, you know, introspection and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like this is like every time Rick goes through these cycles of like being nihilist and wanting to give up versus we always get a new wrinkle of like what's underlying. Like yeah. the fact that like this blood gulch uh, or blood river or what I, I'm sorry, don't I'm, I'm my notes are on a cell phone. It's hard to scroll through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that that was his Vietnam, not because it was a crushing military loss but because he was too young to understand what really did matter in the multiverse, Mm -hmm. which are genuine friends and loyalty and things like that, that like those aren't, you can't just like pop to a new universe and step into another bird person. And like, this is your best friend bird person. It's not the same. Um, I, I, to me, it's like, that's, that's night and day different than like the other character treadmills we've seen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, It's, it's, the thing that excites me about Rick and Morty and always has, you know, the, the, it's why the therapy episodes are interesting. It's why, uh, you know, flipping the keys to a different dimension to Rick or, or like a different family or whatever becomes such a big, oh my God kind of moment, right? Because it matters what these characters are going through emotionally in a way that the Simpsons never will. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've I've really been uh, um, using you like a a, a, a canon idea speed bag is really working it over. <laughs> did you have some things in this episode? Because did you, did you want to talk about? I mean, I guess the the 
biggest thing I noticed is these these other crazy ricks. I, I don't know. You know, we're all in bird person's head here, but there's like an army of ricks and kind of to your point about this Rick civil war or something. There are a bunch of ricks shooting at uh, our our young Rick, I guess. Um, Memory I, Rick. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know what to call these ricks because they're all <laughs> ricks that just and they're all memory ricks, but who knows? Um, and there seems to be like a thing there where they might have killed Beth. It's because they shout like when they're shooting at each other, you know, killing us won't bring her back. And we're assuming that that's I, Beth or Diane. I I guess it, there's both. Yeah. yeah, there's not any like concrete uh, way to say which one they're talking about. But you it's know, the, useful from a storytelling perspective <laughs> for sure. Um, but there's definitely something there where like Rick's did this to other Rick's. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to go on the like civil war Rick thing, sure. I, I could see that being them laying the, the tracks for that here. Um, or, you know, at least that's what bird person thinks, right? It could be that that's what Rick told him. Um, and this could be like a, self-sabotage sort of thing because Rick does that a lot, right? Where he's his own worst enemy. Um, maybe he blames yeah. himself for uh, Beth's death or Diane leaving him or dying or whatever happened to her. Um, and so he's like told bird person that it was this band of Rick's that came in and killed her. And, you know, when in reality it was just, he drove them away or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. You just never know. Right. Like you could tip this telescope from the other end and see like I guess Rick is the bad guy and he's like but he's full of regrets. Like that would be a really exactly. dark thing. The fact that Rick was actually on the nihilist and he was eradicating but uh yeah. Yeah. I think or I think just his the, behavior the pl- like who he is drove drove her away and he regrets right. that, but also yeah, he these, won't admit these that. Ricks who are just kind of accepting their life and like trying to like and and Rick's trying to get revenge of them, or yeah, yeah. Or like yeah, maybe like yeah, they were they still have their Beth and uh and and their Diane and this Rick who drove him away with his crazy behavior is wanting to get revenge on that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's I mean, I don't think it's the plain reading of the dialogue, but it's uh-huh. definitely there. It could be, uh, yeah. Which again could be that's what I'm saying from like. A, the more we uh, the more we talk about it, it is kind of amazing how yes they have stitched the canon a little bit tighter, but also there are a ton of outs <laughs> and right. different points of view, Ben Kenobi type of bullshit that they could pull with this stuff. Yeah, so that's all all the canon stuff I was really reading. All right, let's uh, take another quick break and then come back with some more thoughts. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. 
We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members, with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. The other thing I wanted to talk about, I got a bunch of things I want to talk about, but like, what do we make of the fact that Rick's computers universally are misanthropic <laughs> like he said it's like it takes an asshole to make one but like yeah why, it, but why does he do this to himself i don't know i don't know because you're right the car is like that uh his garage is like that it's weird because they're all servile like they're desperate like even the, the car and the garage both are terrified of pissing rick off mm-hmm. but they also love to like tickle that dragon like they, they they like try to find is and, and is that because Rick does it? It's weird because like you know Tony Stark he, they they reference Jarvis here in this yeah. episode because obviously right right and like Jarvis was snarky but Jarvis was one hundred percent servile <laughs> and like I, I think Tony showed showed frustrations with the limits of some of his like robots and shit but Jarvis was was cool he wasn't a dick he wasn't like oppositional defiant to you know mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Why does Rick make this AI so fucking like he has to win verbal duels against it 
to get it to where or get to the point where the computer thinks he's actually going to do it harm before it actually gets behind and starts giving him useful <laughs> things to work with. It's just, I think it's wild. What does it say about him? It is. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of also funny when you think about it on that level. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. But it's also like, is he doing this like, uh, like wearing a hair shirt? Like it's, uh, right. I, I'm an asshole and I don't deserve a pleasant <laughs> interface. So, you know, yeah, I don't know, man. Rick's a complex guy. He is a complex individual, uh, for, uh, you, you would say, um, the other, I guess this is not a Loki canon implication, but I think they just spun off two new characters that are going to be important to ongoing lore. Let's talk about them one at a time. First is memory, bird person's memory of 35-year-old Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see this character? Like, he's that that's just going to be a new character in a show, right? Uh, it could be. I mean, he seemed reluctant to uh, be be Pinocchio'd at the end i guess you know he's like hey if i'm gonna if i'm gonna eventually become you can we just pretend we had that beer can you remember us having that beer oh essentially like i want to try to now run the opposite direction of your life and that doesn't mean but like right it's also there's there's a lot of really cool narrative things they can do with essentially rick but as his altruistic more noble friend wants to remember him as like it could be the literal angel on Rick's shoulder like you know Mm -hmm. like uh, or something that inspires our Rick to be better or I don't know there's something interesting about making this character real and him sticking around in a show and I've seen they've I've seen other shows do this or not shows but like I'm thinking about particularly the Dresden Files has had a couple arcs where um, the main character can have a conversation with an alternate version of himself mm. um, that like, gives you like unique character insights and like you know it's like the so- Socratic dialogue between the two selves. Like I think that would be interesting in Rick and Morty, and also it's an incredibly powerful ally for Rick. Yeah. You know, like how many Ricks have an idealized, invincible, uh, ennobled younger version of themselves at their side in a war? Maybe maybe a lot of them do. I don't know. Yeah, I, and I I just wonder, like, has the inciting incident for turning young Rick into our Rick already happened? Was that the Blood Ridge thing, right? Because, um, you know, Rick is constantly warning him throughout this episode about, hey, you don't want to see how Blood Ridge ends, right? It's not as cool as you hoped. And it's not about right. the battle. It's, it's about, like, right. hey, you invited this friend on this journey with you and he turned you down. Um, hmm. That was more it. So, I, I, I don't know. Has he already been set on that path? toward becoming the old Rick that we know. That's interesting because like a lot of people say the inciting path is probably Diane slash Beth, but maybe there's multiple ones like yeah, you've yeah. got the simple Rick plan that gets derailed when Beth dies and you've got the kind of like freedom fighter Han Solo Rick that dies mm-hmm. when he essentially turns his back on Chewbacca. Re- revenge uh, Rick, yeah. Revenge Rick and then you might have like the Ricks that like are the sad versions of Rick that moves in with their an alternate version of their family. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of like what, like what, what bends the arc of a Rick and which one is the inside. That's uh God damn. That's a fucking complex tapestry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Especially when there are infinite, you know, permutations of that. Right. 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 Um, 
but I yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's certainly much more interesting to meet a real version of that Rick than to have this Rick kind of floating around in our Rick's head, right? I I, I don't think like you can go to that well too many times in the future if if young Rick is just in his head. I think he needs to get out of Rick's mind and into the real world, and then he can come back in multiple ways, and we can see how he's changed outside of Rick's influence. I guess. So I guess that's the question. Does does the young Rick take Rick, older Rick up on the idea to be made real or does he keep hanging right. out on his subconsciousness or? Yeah. Yeah. And we really don't know at the end of this episode, like Rick invites him to become real and have that beer. But yeah. but he seems reluctant. Um. So before we, I, I just 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 reminded me talking about the the, the garage and the car. Uh, before we get to the the child of uh, Tamothy <laughs> or Tamantha <laughs> and Bird Person, uh, mm-hmm. the other characters, like I guess broadly speaking, the Rick's AI, because like the car AI is built up to a character enough that like I could almost watch an episode of the car fucking around. Sure. Okay. Well, now the garage is they're making a similar deep character, but what can the garage do? The garage is like stuck it's a finite it can't it's not ambulatory or, or maybe, this is or exactly it is. why i think yeah that young rick would be much more interesting as a real outside rick's head character because yeah there just isn't much possibility like all the has a lot all the adventure needs yeah, yeah, to yeah. come to the garage whereas if uh-huh. the car can go off and have adventures create its own right, adventures right. i don't know what the garage can do is that going to be like, is there going to be like a war for supremacy between the AIs because the garage is, <laughs> is eternally jealous that it can't go anywhere and the ship gets to go anywhere. But on the other hand, like, that might already be what... true. If you look at last week's episode uh, or, yeah. you know, not last week, but the Bruce Chetback episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The car is parked outside the garage. Maybe there's already a feud between the AIs. Oh, where right. the garage won't like allow the, the car to park in there. Yeah, there's a there's a big saucer shaped section where the garage it could pull into the garage, but right? it never does because there's turf war. That's interesting. I like that. <laughs> um, but like, do you think that there'll there'll be like some kind of genuine weird romance developing between the neighbor that uh, apparently is down to have his dick sucked? Like he's mm-hmm. bopping up to that house with a wheelbarrow full of sci fi <laughs> gear, humming up, getting my dick sucked by garage tune. Yep. Uh, is there going to be like scenes of like this guy for, you know, scurrying out of the garage right before Rick? Like, I, there's, <laughs> there should there's at be. least a stinger. There's at least a stinger to this character, I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Okay. And that leads us to uh, what are we going to call this character? Bird Daughter? Uh, sure. I don't want to be culturally insensitive and, and put her in a, a intellectual cage by naming her, but uh, I, I've called her yeah. bird slash Tammy person, but I, I don't know. Bird slash Tammy. Oh, bird hyphen Tammy person. Yeah, <laughs> that's OK. So bird bird hyphen Tammy person. Um, <laughs> Looking is- very Caster Troy in this stinger for sure. Very Caster Troy. So they got um I wonder if, I mean, because like I can see two char- two ways for this character to go. Like, uh, obviously, um, you know, it's a counterpart. Uh, Rick and Bird Person can have Rick and Bird Person adventures with Morty and Bird hyphen Tammy Person. Oh, as his counterpart to Morty, and that sounds like a fun idea, right? 
Yeah, until Morty starts getting attracted to bird bird tammy person. Oh Jesus! I didn't even think <laughs> of that. Shit gets weird. Well, I mean, that's uh, it. Sounds entertaining, and it's, at uh-huh. least it's not a fucking weird incest baby. I mean, that would be like right. nothing particularly gross about the two, the the daughter and and grandson of friends kind of pairing off. I mean, you know, other other not, than not on the face the of bird it. part, I, I don't know. Is is, well, is, is does bestiality extend to bird people? No, no, because like it's a <laughs> okay. it, bird person is a non-human intelligence. He's not True. a beast, right? He can give consent. True. He can, uh, you know, make his preferences uh, to sexual companions know all that kind of stuff. And so is it, Tammy, so is it zeniality? Yeah, I mean, sex with aliens. Like, you know, like Riker is a xenophile. You know, he's fucking. You know chicks with different numbers of fingers and legs and shit on their faces and all that kind of, yeah, like, yeah, he's it, it really takes pansexual up a notch um, right oh, well, I guess we need to talk about that too but like, staying on the, the, the bird slash Tammy person um, that's one way for them to go it's just a, a Morty analog to, to you know mm-hmm. be for bird person, the other one is like very feral, very tortured this character, oh yeah uh powerful ally for evil morty like sure. there's a there's a fall of tammy bird uh person ahead of us yeah not kind of i kind of like that more i wonder if that will because like there's there's also some legitimate friction between you know whatever you know like the the bird person is pretty judgy about rick's moral outlook that rick has come by honestly <laughs> um in my experience, those tins of those those are kind of like when you're actually looking down on a friend um, or holding them in like a little bit of contempt, that has to be resolved at some point because that's just like a tension that can't like just undermine a friendship, right? Yeah, yeah. So like if 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 Tammy like bird slash tam, bird hyphen Tammy person falls to to evil. Um, I wonder if that will like you know make Bird Person a little bit less judgy about some of the the mistakes that Rick has made and some of the things that has happened to him. Mm-hmm. It could like could because like their relationship is a bit rocky at the end because of Bird Person's correct analysis <laughs> of Rick strategically using the knowledge of his daughter on him. Yeah, for sure. Though less rocky than it was at the start of the episode, right? I suppose, yeah, he's like bird person's no longer wanting to kill Rick. <laughs> right. Uh, he's of, not programmed of, uh, into, yeah, programmed for yeah. murder. Yeah, for exa- for for sure. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I just like the concept of being in bird person's head and everything kind of like destroying itself. Like he's literally thinking himself to death here. He's blowing his own mind, literally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was all super cool. I love the the actual battle of Blood Ridge. Like that mm-hmm. is, I, I don't know. The animation is super cool, and then the music they use is just like hell. Yeah, the scene is really cash, awesome. Eighties, eighties synth. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then going, this kind of uh, does rule. Chest to chest with the flying death blossom. Uh, in yeah, it was it was cash money. <laughs> yeah, I found myself like pumping my head getting getting into this scene i also like the con- continuing inventiveness of like rick taking like okay i'm inside his brain 
and he's got vague memories of my technology that I can cobble together and then the reusing of the Morty mind blowers is kind of like him being able to deploy these like memory grenades to blow holes into like the 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 blow new neural pathways and the the bird person's but I thought that shit was all and it's all one of those things where like I don't think it 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 strictly makes sense mm-hmm. but it made a lot of like Rick and Morty universe sense where like I'm like oh of course this would happen yeah, I was trying to figure out the rules here as we go, and I couldn't tell if like Rick, if, if our Rick was able to sort of control things and change things in Bird Person's mind to any degree, or if he was simply operating under the rules that Bird Person had established in his own head. Because there is that scene with the portal gun where young Rick tries to make a portal and walk through it, but Bird Person doesn't know what happens when you go through the portal, so he couldn't. But right, then... Right. Th- so so he didn't know where the portals went but he did see at some point in the past Rick strapped the portal gun charge to a laser rifle to make an explosive device or that like he's got a vague enough awareness and Rick is smart enough to cobble together from this like Legos of mental fragments some kind of thing that does work or if the, that rule only applies to the figment of Birdman's memory that is young Rick and, and our Rick is able to create and change things inside this world through his serum, yeah. whatever he's using to, to enter his mind. Yeah, because he can also like just go from raw materials lying around in some of his fragments and build, like he said, this like advanced cognitator that allows him to like bypass a lot of the... Uh... <laughs> Uh, a lot of the uh, the Andy or is it Charlie Kaufman? Yeah, Charlie Kaufman bullshit. Char- all the Charlie Kaufman bullshit, like I, right. which I thought was a, a nice reference. Uh, yeah, they've referenced him a couple of times this season already. Speaking of that big battle, like I also thought it was cool to see Rick unironically rolling with what can only be called a Vindicators type group. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all metahuman, superhuman like mm-hmm. and like enthusiastically about it and you can kind of see how like why Rick would be like a little jaundiced about rolling with the or he does it because Morty thinks it's cool but like you know this is shit that I did like for real not in a comic book kind of way um and it's you know it, it, it's a painful memories it, it's more than it's it, it's more than just Rick doesn't want to indulge Morty in some comic book fantasies I think yeah yeah uh, Rick is very picky. Uh, he picks and chooses what he allows himself and people around him to indulge in without being called children or, you know, simps, shit like that, right? Yeah, I wonder what the... The other thing is, like, I wonder what the implication when we see Rick give this spiel to Bird Person after Blood Ridge mm-hmm. that, like, you know, hey, you could... He says nothing matters, but you matter to me. Yeah, and then Bird Person's like, "Well, I don't think it's worth my kind of like integrity to you know, our relationship's not worth give me giving up my integrity." I wonder what that meant because like Rick responds with like, "Well, you know, I guess we could have done cool stuff that matters, but you just want to." What in Rick's mind is stuff that matters if nothing matters? Right, just things that, that was a he wants to do in the moment. Yeah, I, I don't. No, because like once you get into that mindset, literally nothing matters. Literally. Right. Except for the things that you decide yourself matters. Um, yeah, which, but if you, you know, actually I mean, believe that nothing matters, how can you decide that something matters? I, it, 
because it because gra- it gives you pleasure in the moment. That's the thing is like is it just I guess sure. it's like it's just pure hedonism. Yeah, like I suppose it would that be. Matters is an awesome experience that blows your mind, and it doesn't matter whose expense it is. It doesn't matter because all that shit is not real. But what is real is your like. I, I wonder if Rick could talk himself into like uh, I've seen this in a sci-fi concept of like what if in the future. Um, computers can plug us into a simulation that just does nothing but perfectly stimulate all of our pleasure centers mm-hmm. so that we spend our entire human life in a state of perfect bliss. Yeah. Is that still a human experience? Is that something that we would want? But like Rick could do it to himself if he really believes mm-hmm. like at the end of everything that like that's all that matters. Like, I don't know why. Why doesn't he do that? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that that makes me think that he doesn't truly believe what he's saying, right? Um, mm-hmm. That Because, yeah, I mean, taken to its ultimate conclusion, that is where you would go. Like, the only thing that matters is my uh, happiness or my, my, my... It's not even happiness, right? It's my pleasure in any given moment making me feel good um and i i don't think he manifests the behaviors of someone who truly believes that that is the only point of existence the other piece of this that might make sense is like rick refers to the illegal drug that he was doing with bird person at this concert was synth let me see if i can get this right synth old meth mempathate and one of the this is, this is a fictional synthetic thing, but like empathy is the root word that's at the that's at the tail. So it's in synthetic okay. empathy. Is it is is that going to be something that like the reason that Rick and Squanchy <laughs> and Bird Person are even a friendship is because they all did a synthetic form of empathy <laughs> inducing. Like that's the thing. Like that's the thing yeah. that made Rick care. Like that's kind of like I mean I think it's a plain it's a possible reading of the scene. Oh, true. With my insane kind of like you know fake Greek derivative of this drug, but like it's also kind of dark that like it's just a random drug interaction that made Rick care about these people. (laughs) I mean, but that that seems true to life in some instances. Like there are certainly people out there who are only friends because they like to drink together or. only friends because they you know uh met in high school got high in your garage and just did that for four years right uh and and then you know once they grow out of that phase or something and the the drug or the habit stops uniting them they just stop being friends and i think that is like more real than a lot of shit that rick and morty gets up to half the time yeah, and uh, you know, not to go like full-on merovingian from the matrix but like what is love except for a chemical soup of hormones and electro neural shit going on in your brain like you know you see someone makes pee pee happy uh you fall (laughs) in love and then you make other versions that are half you and half that person and the hormonal impulses to love those people too and like Mm -hmm. i don't know like it's synthetic it's synthetic but it's no less real um with the, the empathate or whatever they're taking uh yeah, the results are no less real, right? The effects of it. Yeah. Um I also really like um I just really I don't know. I'm really I'm really hoping the memory Rick stays around because there's something kind mm-hmm. of refreshing about how not jaded he is. Like he he thinks he's yeah. jaded, but like, you know, he's having an absolute ball like uh 
I just, I like watching him in the background doing cool shit, like just action movie hero shit. Like the whole time, like Rick is having a conversation with uh, Tammy and Bird Person in what I think is supposed to be a warthog from Halo, which okay. might, might be a Blood Ridge, Blood Gulch reference. Like it might be, I don't know how many references deep it is, but he's just like back there ma- ma- uh, man- manning the uh, sci-fi 50 caliber gun the entire scene just having a ball blowing mm. away federation troops and shit like i don't know like it's it's it, it's cool to see that version that like very energized version of rick running around the show yeah outside of a gotron episode that doesn't really make a lot of sense for right, that character right. yeah no i'm with you i i don't know i like also like uh some of bird persons like bird phrases like uh you know, I don't want to pull threads. It's a disruptive and feline activity. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, he's got this deep-seated distrust sure. of, like, cats because they're, they evolved from birds. Um, yep. I thought that stuff was 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 really funny. Um, one last, don't be gross, Tammy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been yep. described as a seed person. Well, I've certainly enjoyed your seed. Like, oh, God. <laughs> and seeing Squanchy uh, uh, in his stand-up phase. It's pretty oh, good. And it's also funny, like you're Rick being outraged that the uh, bird person's fucking Tammy on his workbench, but like bird person trying to be like, well, Squanchy was, I was, I of course would have used a squanch closet, but Squanchy <laughs> was in there squanching. So <laughs> right. that was really funny. Um, I mean, there's a lot of just really solid callbacks, like all this shit, like the mm-hmm. photo of bird person and Rick in a band that that was like literally the first day they met. Um, there's so much like even going back to that fan art painting, uh, that dude envisioned Rick having a primitive portal gun rifle looking thing. And you see that that's the thing that Rick is using in this episode. Like they pulled hmm. that out of the fan painting and put it into episode, which nice. must make that guy like, I don't, you know, uh, feel super good about himself. Probably oh, yeah. gonna show because I he's still selling prints of that. You can buy it like just like Dan Harmon did for his mantle. Um, so I don't know if sales of that might be going through the roof right now. Yeah, that's uh, cool. And uh, there's a, and this is, a graduate reference, I think, uh, with the pantyhose stuff, like putting pantyhose on in direct sight of the living room or whatever. It's, I think that's a graduate right. reference. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's uh, you know, there's much more culturally. Accept- I-, I like when the show just gets really mm-hmm. meta like that. That it's, uh, you know, and there's, there's like a time. lot of, st- yeah, like uh, it reminded me of that story in uh, that comes out of nowhere in, uh, what was it, uh, uh, saving saving Private Ryan, where one of the guy says that this older woman took him into this private thing and showed him her boobs before he shipped off to war because he wanted her, she wanted to have the new memory. It's like. If you told that straight up today, it's like, what this 50 year old woman flashed her tits to this, what, 17 going on 18 guy who's about to die? And what kind of fucked up shit is that? And it's all right. right, but also we understand that, like, we were literally more culturally primitive. Like, if you uh-huh. keep going back and, and understanding what does bad things to kids, and we're still f- completely fucked up. And you see that a lot in, like, you know, people's attitudes towards when teenage girls get molested by older men versus teenage boys getting molested by older women. And, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I like it when the show there's, it's not even a joke. It's just like, Hey, this stuff is fucked up. Right. Uh, yeah. but it's still valid to reference it. <laughs> sure. Okay. I think, uh, I think we, we covered all the bases, which means it's probably time to get the feedback. We didn't have a lot of feedback this week. Um, 
But uh, we did have a piece, Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. If you want to discuss any of the crazy canon implications, I mean, you got a full month to send in your best guess of to what this is going to impact uh, canon. Had uh, our psychologist friend Tom offer to do a character analysis, a, a deep psychological profile on him. Maybe we'll get to that uh, on the next episode. But uh, anyway, you got till September 5th uh, to send us your best, your best canon, canon interpretations or theories on Rick and Morty. Uh, and we can read it. Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. First up, or I guess only up, is Psy. Said, after listening to your podcast for episode seven, I was wondering if this entire season could be a simulation to show that Summer adventures with her instead of Morty would literally ruin their lives. For example, huh. Morty loses a chance to be with Jessica. Morty loses a chance to go see Boob World. Rick is almost taken over by clones. Beth and Jerry become more and more weird. Rick can't control himself. Uh... Some of these stakes are higher than others. I got to say the, the Morty losing sure. a chance at boob world um, <laughs> says if this would become true, they just end the season with all of them seating in front of the TV to see all these possibilities and tell summer that adventures with summer would just ruin the family. Want to hear your thoughts on this? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of love that. That kind of feels very Rick and Morty. It feels oh very God. Rick, right? Like I'm, I'm proving to you why the thing you just thought is incredibly stupid and I'm going to great lengths to prove that to you. Oh yeah, like when he when he uh pulled out the the whiteboard to set in the uh-huh. season 1 or they said I'm going to I'm going to prove how much you equally meaning nothing to me with math, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. This has been oh, sure. no, no, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, no, I kind of like if the if the if the final two episodes is just one long IDC Mm-hmm. Uh, interdimensional cable show of the family showing Summer all the folly of if they let her run <laughs> the reins. Um, that's hilarious. But also, I can see widely being perceived as sexist for no good reason. <laughs> oh, okay. like, I was going to say widely being perceived as a huge waste of time for the rest of the season. But sure, that, that too. too. That too. That too. There's there's a couple of things that are problematic about just making it the dumb girl who's icky and gross and can't do adventures. But uh um, But the show would really be sexist, idea. right? The 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 character would be sexist. I it, look, there's a difference between a show having a thesis that is sexist and oh, a yeah. character in a show being sexist and the show using that, right? Like I don't think it's impossible to depict a sexist character in an otherwise very progressive and interesting show. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you want to say, Hey, Rick is like sexist against his granddaughter in ways that he's not, uh, against his grandson, that's totally valid. It's just like, what do you do with that concept? Once you, once you bring it up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, the idea that like the whole, that's the thing is like, I think that if anything would jump the shark, (laughs) <laughs> would make Rick and Morty jump to shark is if they would retcon an entire season yeah, through whatever means. Like, I really think some people would just fucking check out. Now, I don't know. Like, do Harmon and Dan want to do, like, a, a bandwagon cleanse and throw off some of the weaker... I mean, what? But I, I don't know. I don't... Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like... If they do, like they, they retcon that Pickle Rick never happened. <laughs> Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, it seems like that was something that they would do to like cater to like some of the worst impulses of the fans. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, Redcon yeah, that none that of the canon would... episodes ever happened. The evil Morty didn't never existed. Uh, yeah, the pickle Rick episode didn't happen. I know that's not canon, but that's one people love. 
if they really right. just wanted to trash the the memories of everyone who loved this show, sure. It is interesting because it's something like that. Speaking of theses, is that might be a thesis the show has is that the Rick and Morty is at its best when it's just Rick, because they they name check. It's like you guys got to get out of here. The, right. the second you guys get out of here, the chances of a pickle Rick happening skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know because I don't know the, the, all the greatest episodes involve just Rick because you got all the citadels of Rick, the councils of Rick, the evil. Mo- but it's a strong argument that uh, you know the the family just kind of weighs Rick down, like. Would you rather see Rick do some Blood Ridge type shit? Would you rather do Rick get into like misadventures with Morty smuggling mega seeds up his ass or, you know, mm-hmm. I need to show needs a good mix. I do. I am. I am nervous because I don't think we're going to get a two hour episode or a one hour episode of IDC involving summer no. humiliation or not. I think we're going to have yet another year where we don't have an interdimensional cable episode. And I'm kind of sad. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I think there's like zero chance of IDC being a part of these next two episodes. And I don't know why, because it feels like it's like that's the opposite of the Google Docs thing. Like, you know, they don't have to come up with solid IDC ideas. They just need once a year, Dan and Justin to get in the booth drunk and or high, record stupid shit on a microphone for a couple hours and salvage <laughs> 10 minutes out of it. Right. Like, it's it's what we why do you not want to give us this okay fuck your canon fuck your evil morty and citadel or rick fantasies i just want more interdimensional cable and like yeah they're agonizing over pleasing you canon motherfuckers what about us idc refugees <laughs> huh that's what i want to see yeah do we not matter come on Apparently not. Apparently not. Because we're gonna go. We're we're now three seasons, mm-hmm. unless they pull. Like unless they're. they're I don't know. I, I can't imagine a one hour IDC or just them pairing up with a random interdimensional cable episode with some heavy hitting lore shit. Right. But like it feels like we're gonna be three years. We're gonna get another fucking Mister Meesix episode before we get an IDC, and that's crazy <laughs> to me because it's such it's such a slam fucking dunk. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand the idea of not wanting to wear out the concept, but also it, it's been three years at this point. Plus, and then like, longer it, it in real like time. The, it seems like a great, it's a win-win because like they gotta have some A-plots that are not like enough to stretch out 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you got a solid 10 or 15 minutes, punch it up with IDC. Sure. Like there's so many great, maybe that's the thing, they're just scared of overusing it, but like Right. Three episodes, three seasons gone. I don't think you're in danger of overusing it or it's uh, it's overstaying. It's welcome, boys. I really don't. Exactly. Anyway, um, I think that's it for us for Rick and Morty. It's a supersized episode. This is, I think, I don't know. Do you think it's the best episode of the season? Um, it's not the pressure. Funniest? I think if it were funnier, I would be saying yes. Um, yeah, but but I yeah, I mean, I like this stuff. I just mm-hmm. wasn't as entertained by it as some of the others earlier in this season. Well, that's uh, like I said, we're going to be, I guess, on a surprise hiatus for a couple of weeks, uh, but we right. will be back for the supersize finale edition. If you are looking for other things that we're doing right now, uh, we are uh, uh, there's there's a uh, Rick there, there's walking dead coming back. If you like, if you like zombie shit, that's coming back for its final episode uh, in just a week or two. And we're going to have full coverage of the final season of of, of uh, The Walking Dead season 11. Uh, what else we got, Jim? We got, got some uh, first, first run, run movies coming out. Um, 
I, I don't remember which ones. Uh, we just saw the Suicide Squad, but we got. Uh, I know we got Eternals. We got the new James Bond, No Time to Die coming up. We got sure. um, the top Candyman is the next one, I think. We got Candyman. That's right. Really excited about this. Uh, this this reboot of Candyman or remake of Candyman. Uh, we got that going on. Uh, and then each week until we have some prestige television coming back, uh, we are doing a prestige film going mm-hmm. back. We've recent ones of we did uh, uh, Forrest Gump. We just did Sideways. Uh, we got a, a lot of fun movies. And then, of course, finally, uh, every Sunday at 8 p.m., we do Sci Fi Sunday. Oh, we watch some Star Trek, classic Star Trek Next Generation episodes. Uh, we watch some classic sci fi movies. Uh, but it's every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash baldmove if you want to check that out. But yeah, also follow us at uh, on Twitter at baldmove. If you want to keep their thing, you can check out our Discord, our forums, and all that other stuff by going to baldmove.com and checking out our socials. Um, thank you for listening. Hope you had a great time with this uh, part of the Rick and Morty season, and we're going to shut down for a couple weeks and see you September 5th for mm-hmm. some more Rick and Morty. Until that time, I am Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com slash baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time.